But now ADHD, it, it's often spoken about relating to children, but the number of adults being diagnosed with ADHD is growing fast. Does that surprise you? Uh, in fact, in the past few years, many well-known people have come forward with their diagnosis. Actor Will Smith, Woody Harrelson, Ryan Gosling, swimmer Michael Phelps. Uh, also, many well-known historical figures had ADHD. Walt Disney, Mozart, Albert Einstein, Leonardo da Vinci. Pediatric psychologist Amanda Abel joins us now. Amanda, thanks so much for your time. Welcome. Oh, thanks so much, Jade. Happy to happy to chat. <laughs> well, it's it's often, as I just mentioned, ADHD. It's related to children. But why do you think we're seeing more adults being diagnosed with it? Yeah, it's a really good question, and it is definitely something that we're seeing clinically uh, a lot more. And even just as you say, out in the public, you know, we're hearing a lot more about it. And I think that there's there's a few a few factors going on, but. Certainly, I think the stigma is reducing a bit. So, you know, adult diagnosis of ADHD actually, you know, is quite new. So probably, you know, 20 years ago, it didn't really exist as a condition in, you know, our diagnostic statistical Mm -hmm. manual, whereas now it is recognised. So we are starting to see a few more of those, um, you know, diagnoses popping up. And I think, you know, it's becoming more common. We're hearing more about, uh, you know, public figures and celebrities that are, you know, disclosing their diagnosis. And that, I think, is making people feel a little bit more comfortable in terms of seeking that diagnosis for themselves. Amanda, how does ADHD present in an adult? Yeah, it's it's quite uh, different, I suppose, to what a lot of people would expect. And to be honest, for a lot of children, the way it presents in them is different to what a lot of people would traditionally expect. Um, but with adults, it's, you know, I think if you think of those deficits, those core deficits about not being able to concentrate very well, um, maybe the attention span can be a little shorter, uh, there can be that physical restlessness um, and there can be that sort of impulsivity as well. So making really quick decisions and, you know, buying a car on your lunch break, for instance, or, you know, making some really big decisions that, that might not be well thought out. Um, but the other the other side of it as well is that for a, um, an adult with ADHD, and certainly for kids as well, but, you know, there tends to be what we call a hyper-focus sometimes. So while an adult, you know, may not be able to focus their attention particularly well in a a meeting or, you know, a a task that isn't particularly interesting to them, they may well be able to focus really well on a particular topic or subject or activity that they're very interested in. And then we, we can actually see that the the concentration can be there as well. How would you describe ADHD and and, and is it different between men and women in adulthood? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it's, um, you know, probably more individual in in terms of just the different individuals as opposed to gender. Mm -hmm. What what can differentiate it um, are there's different subtypes of ADHD. So, you know, you've either got uh, the inattentive type, which is, you know, you're just struggling to maintain your attention to certain things or you might have the hyperactive type 
which is, I'm sure you can imagine, someone that's moving around a lot um, and, you know, making those those big impulsive decisions and things like that. And then you might have the combined type, which is where you'll have both of those sets of symptoms. So the differences that we would see, you know, amongst the clinical population are often more in regards to those different subtypes as opposed to, say, the gender differences. Uh, but we are seeing a lot more women seeking the diagnosis now uh, as adults. And, you know, I think a lot of mums do tend to struggle with the um, all different uh, parts of, of parenting and, you know, holding down a job and all of those, you know, the mental load that they might be carrying. I think that a lot of women are starting to then realise actually, you know, the balls are all starting to fall out of the air and that's not happening for my friend next door. Maybe there's something going on for me and they might then be going off to, to seek a diagnosis for that. Do a lot of uh, parents that come in, you know, because they want their child to be uh, to be checked, sit and go, oh, hang on a moment, uh, I felt all of this as a child and maybe still do. Yes, and that's how a lot of adults actually end up getting their diagnosis uh, is that they'll bring their child in for an assessment. Uh, you know, through that process, there's a lot of self-reflection, I think, going on for yeah. the parents. Uh, yeah, and as you say, thinking, oh, hang on a sec, I was like that at school or I, I did those sorts of things. Um, and, you know, the child might receive a diagnosis and then oftentimes parents will, will go off and, and seek a, a diagnosis as well because they've really noticed those those familiar symptoms. And it, there is a strong genetic link. Oh, well, so I was just going to say, can it be passed on? <laughs> yes, yes. So there there is a, um, you know, a definite... Um, you know, family and, and hereditary link with ADHD. So it's definitely something that often a parent may well have if the child's coming in for an assessment. It's just often undiagnosed. An interesting uh, comment here that's come in from Bridget. She says, hi, Jade, I was diagnosed with ADHD at the grand age of 67 last year. And to just get a diagnosis is so very, very difficult when you are older. And medication is restricted, as in some cases you need to be diagnosed before 18. I've gone through the anger sadness as my life was so hard. And now I know why. That's that's mm. hard to read. And I that's that's awful that Bridget has had to go through that. Do you Do you hear that quite often? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, a lot of people have very different experiences with the diagnosis. So a lot of adults will experience a sense of relief um, when they have received the diagnosis because it's putting into perspective their difficulties. And, uh, you know, a lot of individuals, whether adults or, or children um, with ADHD, because they might struggle with concentration, it certainly can make them appear less smart or, you know, they might think, oh, you know, why can't I get, you know, my job done as well as the person next to me? I must be, you know, I must not be as intelligent. And a lot of people will go through their life thinking that uh, and then to finally get the diagnosis actually sort of verifies, no, it's not about your intelligence. It's that you've you've had to work a whole lot harder than someone without ADHD to be able to achieve the same goals. So, you know, hearing that story of, of, of someone in their 60s going that long, really it is, um, you know, 
it's it's very sad that it's taken that long, mm. you know, to be able to find out what the causes of some of their, their difficulties might be. Amanda, I believe you've got ADHD. When were you diagnosed and, and how has it affected your life? Yeah, so I was diagnosed as an adult, um, although I had thought for, you know, a good probably 20 years or so that I did have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, it, it was the COVID pandemic really that, that jumped out at me in terms of thinking there's something <laughs> something going on here. Yeah, it was right. very hard running, running a business, homeschooling, you know, trying to keep everything together. Um, and you know, it was a conversation I'd often had with my GP that, you know, I think I've got ADHD uh, and, you know, my GP's opinion was always that I've I've got it well managed. So there's no need to go and and, and get a diagnosis, which I think in part was right for a long time. Um, But, you know, it's similar to what I was saying earlier, when all the balls are starting to fall uh, to the ground, it's, it was actually really helpful for me to go and seek that uh, assessment and diagnosis. Um, definitely a sense of relief and um, also I think some recognition that, you know, I have had to work a lot harder um, and it's okay. And, you know, if if things don't turn out as planned sometimes or, you know, I do make some mistakes or forget an important meeting, um, it is okay and there's a reason for it. Uh, And and also that there's there's so many treatments available uh, to help you know, manage some of the symptoms. What are those treatments? So, you know, in terms of ADHD treatment, um, you know, the the evidence is behind medical treatments. Mm -hmm. So normally it's a stimulant medication and there's also some non-stimulant medications as well. Um, And the recommendation is really that that is paired with uh, some psychological treatment too. So some behavioural modification or... Uh, an ADHD coach uh, or even, you know, just some counselling, but that those two interventions together are what would lead to the, the best outcomes for an individual, whether it's a child or an adult uh, with ADHD. This may seem like a crazy question, but is ADHD <laughs> something that you were born with or can you actually, through the environment that you live in, I guess, um, con- not contract it, what's the word I'm looking for, but, uh, you know... yeah. I- Develop those. Develop it, thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not a crazy question and it's actually something that's really important for us to consider in the assessment process um, because, yes, it is It is a, um, you know, a, a, um, organic kind of condition, um, but a lot of other conditions can present as ADHD and, um, you know, by that I guess I'm referring to things like children that have gone through trauma mm-hmm. Um Certainly part of our assessment process as clinicians is about taking a differential diagnosis uh, approach to ensure that we're not labelling a child with ADHD if, in fact, those symptoms have arisen because they've experienced trauma. Um, So it, it certainly, you know, if you think about those symptoms, there could be a whole lot of reasons why someone might might not be concentrating or they might be, uh, you know, restless or impulsive. Um, And it is something, if it is ADHD, that's quite specific and it's, um, you know, likely going to present regardless of what sort of different different environmental factors have been, um, you know, you've been exposed to. But certainly, you know, some children that 
might be attending a school with, say, let's say a small class uh, with really attentive teacher, that child may not exhibit as many uh, symptoms Mm -hmm. in that setting as perhaps if they were in a really big, loud class with a teacher that wasn't as attuned to their needs. So the environment can play a part, but um, really it's, it's something that is inherent in the person. Amanda, if there's any adults out there listening and this has pricked their ears, where should they go? Oh, you know, it's the million-dollar question yeah. really at the moment because all the services are overwhelmed. Um, I think it's really important, you know, I guess that the best diagnostic approach is to have a combination of a, a psychiatric and a psychological assessment. Mm-hmm. So it's really good to speak to your GP. Uh, it's great to do a bit of research beforehand so you could let your GP know who you might want to go and see in terms of a psychiatrist or different um, psychology clinics that are around who do offer those assessments. Um, and and I think speaking to other people as well that do have a diagnosis and finding out about what works for them in, in terms of that diagnostic approach. Um, but the starting point is your GP because in you know typically you will need a referral to go and see the specialist. Um, and it's really just taking it from there and making sure that it's well managed following on. Amanda, thank you very much for your time. An interesting chat. No problems at all, Jay. Hopefully it's been helpful. <laughs> Absolutely. Amanda Abel there, a paediatric psychologist and founder of the Northern Centre for Children Development.